Amen. Well, listen, we're starting a, 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 a series, and um, it's on a really complicated subject, and it's, it's about God is good. <laughs> God is good. God is good. How many are glad God is good? How many are, how many uh, know that God's good? Yeah? Amen. And, uh, and I, Anyway, I was say anybody think he's not, but I don't know if you want to raise your hand. <laughs> um, well, I want to read some scripture today, and I want to talk about a little bit about what God says about Himself. And um, how many know that what you can know about God? Uh, the only thing you can know about God is what God reveals to you Himself. How many know that? Isn't that amazing? We can't we can't figure God out. Uh, we can't climb a ladder. We can't build a tower. Somebody tried that once and, um, and, uh, probably caused the continental divide. But, um, I kind of wonder if that's what this whole supercontinent thing is. Uh, anyway, we'll get into that. But if you look at all the continents on the earth, they, they could fit together. And, um, this is not doctrine. I'm not teaching this, so don't, but but I do wonder sometimes when I when I read in the Word of God, you ever wonder when you read something in the Word, what did that look like practically? Like what did the sea look like when it divided? You know, and I just anyway. So I just wonder if the Tower of Babel, when the earth shook and the languages refused, I actually wonder if that was when the continents began to split and drift apart. And it could be. I, I kind of lean that way, but I can't prove it. I'm gonna ask God when I get to heaven. And then before I ask it, I'll know it. And that'll be amazing. So I'll have to ask something else. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's going to be fun. God is good. Let's read some scripture before we... Um, uh, we're turning to Exodus 33, one of my favorite portions of scripture today. There's a lot that we could go after today. We could go after the glory of God. And in a way, we really are. Um, and, uh, but we're going to dive in and talk about the goodness of the Lord today. Mm. But, you know, a lot of people make assumptions about who God is, and we've all had distorted views of God in some way or another at different parts in our life. But the beauty is that God invites us to know him and, and that he has promised he's given us his Holy Spirit. I mean, he sent his son to clearly display the nature of God on the earth so clearly that he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And then he put his very spirit inside of us to teach us, reveal God to us and guide us into all truth. So as we walk with him, as we read this word, the very spirit of truth is inside of us, revealing to us and opening our eyes to the truth of God. And so uh, it's a very basic principle, but a powerful one to understand that only God can reveal God. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's read this. Exodus 33, and we'll start with uh, verse 17 here. And the Lord answered Moses, I will do this very thing that you have asked, for you have found favor in my sight. Oh, that's good news. And I know you by name. Then Moses said, please let me see your glory. Isn't that amazing? Like... The minute God says to Moses, you found favor in my sight, 
Moses sees an opportunity and he goes, if I've got favor with God, I'm going to ask him for what I want the most. Please let me see your glory. I want to see you. And he said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim the name Yahweh. Jehovah. It means the one who exists. Before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And then later in verse 34, if you skip 34 into verse um, 5, it says that the Lord came down in the cloud, stood with him there, proclaimed his name. And then the Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed. Yahweh or Jehovah is compassionate and gracious. He's a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, rich in faithful love and truth. Maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving wrongdoing, rebel, uh, forgiving wrongdoing, rebellion and sin. So powerful. For reference, if you want to look it up later, Psalm 103 verses 8 to 13 really um, is a repeat of this same verse. And um, but it says in that psalm, which I love, it says that that he has not dealt with us. The version that I'm used to is he's not dealt with us according to our sins. I'm trying out a new translation, a new Bible that I asked for for Christmas. It's a home and Christian standard Bible. This is a study Bible and it's packful. I'm enjoying it. But um, and uh, but this one says um, this one says, uh, he has not dealt with us, in Psalm 103, as our sins deserve. Here's the beauty of it. God deals with us better than we deserve, always. One of the things, when I got born again, boy, the, one of the things that just rocked my world, and I would tell people when I was, when I was sharing the love of God with people, and, and I would say, you know, God, has, God is better to me than I've ever been to myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, even when you're in a selfish mode, you know what? You're looking out for old number one. You know what I'm saying? Like, God's going to do a better job than you. Anyway, so that's a good word. But let's look at this. Verse 18, Moses says, please let me see your glory. He says, show me your glory. Let's just talk about what glory is, okay? Um, you know, he wants to see it. He wants to gaze on it. Actually, the word there can actually mean like to inspect it, <laughs> like really check it out. I, I want to behold and gaze upon this glory of yours. The glory there, it means uh, it's kavod. A lot of people say kabod, but kavod. It, it, and it comes from a word that means heavy or weighty. However, how many have ever experienced the presence of God where actually, you know, we have the you know, there's different levels, actually, if you want to use the word levels, of the presence of God. How many know that? Do you know? Like, I'm always in the presence of God. There's a level of the presence of God that I'm always in. And God's revealed himself to me in, in a way in my life that, honestly, I'm aware of that presence as a lifestyle. It's not just a Bible truth to me. It's a living reality that I'm aware of this presence. 
But how many know that you, you, you feel the presence of God with you wherever you go? But then when you come into the corporate gathering and we worship together, we go, whoa, the presence of God is here. Well, you haven't experienced His presence all week in different measures. Sometimes glory, maybe you're alone with God, the glory of God comes, right? But when, then we feel the strong presence of God. But if we continue into praise and, and we continue to lean into God, what happens many times is that His glory begins to show up. And this is a change, and you feel it in the atmosphere. And it feels like a weight that comes in. It's like a thick cloud that comes in and it's powerful it's the power of the glory of god but here's what's here's what's amazing glory i think if you want to say show me your glory what i feel like he's saying is god show me what defines you the most god show me god i want to see your glory i want to see the most like the most shiny like part of you the best part of you god like which God doesn't have a part of him that's better than the other. But, but do you understand what I'm saying? Show me your glory. How do you define yourself, God? Show me that. I want to see it. I, because he'd been asking God, teach me your ways so that I can know you. Then he just goes for the gusto here. He sees a window. Show me your glory. And here's what's amazing about God. He goes, okay, I will. I'm going to cause my goodness to pass before you. Yeah, I thought, I, I just think and meditate about different things. And I, I wonder with God sometimes. I think, but, you know, when you, when, you, when you just put it all on the table and you just meditate with the Lord. Have you, I've had this thought before. I'm so glad that God is good. Think about it. Because there's only one God. He created everything. So however he is, that's the rules you're going to play by. Like whether that's going to be reality. I'm just so glad that he's good. Think about it. If you well, I don't think any of us would probably survive it if he wasn't. But but God is good. And when asked to reveal himself, his glory, he says, I will. I will, Moses. Here's my glory. Get ready. Are you ready? Are you ready, Moses? All my goodness is going to go in front of you. I'm going to show you how good I am. You're going to bear... Actually, i got to cover you for a little bit. It's so good, you won't survive it. You'll blow up. You'll be in heaven with me. Like, I'm going to have to put you in a little cleft of a rock and cover you. I'm going to let, like, most of it go by. And then, and then I'm going to move my hand and just let you see... Let you, I'm going to proclaim it, but then I'm going to let you see just my backside, the back part. Like as I, as I trail behind, you're going to look and see my glory, my goodness. And many people think that um, that's how Moses actually wrote the books of the Bible, that as he the backside was all the things that God had already done with mankind so that he revealed to Moses the history because Moses wrote Genesis. Think about it. That was a revelation from God because there was no human standing there watching him. So that's deep. But when asked to reveal his glory, God says, okay, I'm really good. I'm so good. I'm so good. You know, and, and now 
And then he goes on to say, and I'm gracious and I'm compassionate. Is that powerful? And I love this. He says, and, and, and I, I heard a tone in this. That it was like, I just imagined God say, because he says, I'm going to be gracious to whom I will be gracious to. I'm going to be compassionate to whom I will be compassionate. Whoever I want to be gracious to, I'm going to. Well, that guy doesn't deserve it. Well, I'm going to be gracious to whoever I want. Like, like, this is God, you know? Like, I don't care if you think they deserve it. I am gracious. My goodness and my graciousness and my compassion do not rely on how much another person deserves it. I can't be any other way. I show up and I'm good. And God is so good that he overcomes every other thing in our life when we get close to him. Yay. Compassion to deeply, to love deeply. Have mercy to be compassionate. Listen to this one. To have tender affection. Do you realize God has tender affection toward you? Tender affection. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story. Um, you know, I'm thankful to have grown up being taught the truth about God, at least since I was probably, you know, three years old or whatever. So as far as I can really remember... I have really memories, but but God, the truth and going to church and and learning the gospel truth, that's been a part of my life. And I can never remember a time in my life that I didn't believe in the existence of God. And I can never remember a time actually that I didn't believe that Jesus was the only way to the father. So I believe the gospel is true. And I never wondered if any other belief was true because I'm like, you know what I'm saying? People go, it's always in the last place you look. But of course it is because you don't keep looking once you find it. Anyway, it's a funny saying, right? Even if it's in the first place you look, it's still the last place you look. It would be ridiculous to keep looking for something you found. And that's what I'm just saying. Like, I found it. And so... and. And, and so I never doubted this, but you know what I found is that people don't do what's right because they know they should. I'm like, you know better, you should. You're like, I know. But somehow that's never changed my heart. Knowing what's right and wrong doesn't make me do what's right. Being affected by God does. And so I'm... I, and I even experienced God in powerful ways. I got some great testimonies as a teenager and as a child. Testimonies of protection. Testimonies of healing. I've been healed before. Miraculously healed of migraine headaches when I was in fifth grade. They were bad. I used to cry. Like, they were, they were bad. Healed. Bam. A man named Dick Joyce laid hands on me. My parents brought me. He was at Assemblies of God in Clear Lake. At our church, my parents brought me forward after service. Dick, 
Joyce laid hands on me, prayed for me, and never had another migraine. God. I got baptized in the Spirit as a teenager. I, you know, I, I spoke in tongues uh, over in Fort Bragg at a youth rally. And, and on and on, I experienced God. And yet somehow, fully surrendering my heart to Him and my life to Him was a struggle. And so I was in and out, getting pulled by the world. And, and diving into the world at some point. Running from God. And, and so I knew that God was real. But somehow that wasn't changing my life. And it was when I was 20 years old. That he came after me. In a way that I could never deny. We were, gosh, everything we were, we've been doing today, you know that. The songs, there's no mountain he won't climb up. You know, there's nothing he won't do to reach us. That's my experience. Like, there became a time where God, I realized that God is the God who pursues me. He pursued me. Man, and he pulled out all the stops. Like, he, he pursued, he, he began to give me dreams. And, and he began to change my, my heart. And he was dropping addictions off my life and bondages before I'd even surrendered. It's, it's amazing. And I had this dream. I believe this is the goodness of God in our life. I had this dream. I was working at a place called Parker Plastics in Lower Lake, California. And everything, it's a metal building. like It's a manufacturing place. And I worked there for six and a half years. And... Uh, it, and and everything caught on fire. Like there was this fire and it was all over, like the metal beams even. And in my dream, I was trying to get away from it. And so I climbed up into the loft and I'm sitting on a beam and I'm like trying to get away. And fire was all around me. Everywhere I looked, there was the fire. And it, the building wasn't burning down, but the fire was everywhere. And But I'm like, I got to get away from this fire. And so I run out the, it was, I remember this rolling door that was on the break room. You just open it up and it's kind of your outside, you know. I run out in my dream and I look and now the fire's outside too. And it's as far as I can see to my right and as far as I can see to my left. And it's behind me and I'm thinking, I can't get around it. I can't, like, I can't run and get around it. So I just had to run from it. And I'm running from this fire and it's this fire that's literally sweeping the earth in my dream. And it was a sign of what God was doing in my life by His Spirit. He said, you're not going to get away. You know. Something Fenton said reminded me of that Jason Upton song. He says, run, run, run away from me. End up running right into me. And I'm like, that's my, that's my testimony. I'm like running from God and boom. Run it, ran into Him. He's faster. He gets in front of you. And, and, uh, and so I'm running in my dream and, and uh, there was... Puda Creek, we used to we used to go swim down there off the Highway 29, and I looked down in my dream, and there was uh, Ron and Kate Kessler with the youth group, my old youth leaders, in our church van, First Assembly of God, on the side of the van, and uh, I looked down, and they were like, "Come here," and I'm like, "No," because I was I was living a life that was far from God, and and, uh, and I'm like, "No," now I'm, I'm running from the fire, I'm running from them, I'm like, "Get away from me," and. Um, and in the dream, I just couldn't escape the fire. 
And there came a day that I gave up. It became, you know, Reese Howells said that, um, was it Reese? He says that when we pray, the Spirit of God can be so loosed on a life that it becomes easier to surrender than to resist. That's what happened for me. It just got easier to surrender to God than to run from Him after a while. And then when I gave up, I wondered what I was running from. Because this is what, so after this happened, boy, I was just lit. I was baptized in the Spirit, in love with God, so happy to be free. You know, free, real free. You know, a lot of people think freedom is, well, freedom is I can do whatever I want. But real freedom means I'm free to want what's good for me. I'm not bound by the lusts and the desires of this world anymore. I don't want, I'm actually free. I'm free from sin. I'm free from lies. I'm free from bondage. I'm free. That's goodness. Because a good father knows what I need more than I do. He treats me better than I treat myself. And I remember that I would go and just share. I'm just looking for opportunities to share Christ with people because I'm like, I don't know how many are like this. I'm like, when I find something good, I want to tell you about it because I want you to have it, too. You know what I'm saying? I mean, how much more of the gospel? How much more of the Holy Spirit? I'm like, I want everyone to have that. But I mean, if I eat at a good restaurant, I want you to know about it. I just want you to have what's good. I want to tell people what's good. Well, this is good. And but one of the things I would say is and I would say this. You know, I never doubted that God was real, but I didn't know he was this good. This good. Like you're always present. Like I work all day and I in the warehouse and I'm full of joy and I'm in, worshiping you. I get into my, I had this like 1986 Forerunner. I loved it. Thing, four cylinder, but it could climb anything. It, oh man, I climbed stuff I shouldn't have climbed. <laughs> Just telling you, I wouldn't go back and do it now. But um, but I get into that that black Forerunner. It had this like burgundy sort of wine interior, you know, color. And um, and I get in there after work, and it was just like, now we're alone, Father. Ah, oh, Father, you're so good. And I'm telling people, He's just good. And it was the goodness of God that changed me. It was the love of God, not that was a teaching, but that was an experience that I that was saturating my soul and getting a hold of me. But you know, it's amazing the work of God in our life. That, that you encounter God and He changes you radically, but then that revelation that takes place is now a lifetime of going deeper and deeper and deeper. Right? And this is how it works. On one hand, I'm like, God, you're so good. You're always present. You're moving into my life. But then in some moments, I still felt like, but I kind of feel like you're tolerating me and... And I don't read my Bible enough. And I'm not, I was, I mean, I was doing it all the time. But, you know, it's like just not enough. Nothing's ever enough. You know, I, I'm not, I'm sure God's not quite, like, I know he loves me, but, but I think he's tolerating me a little bit. You know, and uh, we're just sinners saved by grace, you know. And, um, and, uh, <laughs> anyway. I mean, you were a sinner, but once you're saved, you're not a sinner anymore. 
Because your nature's been changed by a good father. And so I, I remember I was sitting, I'll tell you a funny little story, it may seem so ridiculous, but I was, I stopped by my mom and dad's house, I'm an adult, you know, I'm like, and, and I'm, I love the Lord, I've got my young family growing, and I got this new pair of Levi's Silver Tabs, they were like the coolest jeans that you could buy at the time, you know, some of you know what I'm talking about. And um, and I'm like, oh man, you know, and you know what it is about a, a good pair of jeans, right? When you because when you find a pair that like, you, you all know what I'm talking about. Like you find a pair that just it's like these actually fit me, man. These feel like they're made for me, you know. And um, I love these jeans. And so so I I uh, I sit down on my mom's couch, and uh, and I don't know what happened. I got close to the edge there. And a little, like, when I got up, we were talking, and when I got up, a little staple had caught the, my pocket and just quick ripped my pocket out. I can still wear them because, you know, there's pants under the pocket. But, but it ripped my pocket out, and it's interesting how in moments, what you believe in here is revealed. And, and I said, oh, I was so ridiculous, but I said, um, I'm thankful to have a mom that knows God. But uh, I said, uh, oh, the Lord's humbling me. He, he, he felt that I liked these jeans too much. And, um, and, uh, and, uh, and my mom goes, oh, he's not like that. And I'm like, I remember inside, it was just that seed of truth that hits me that I'm like, oh, he's not. I, I hope he's not. I still kind of think he is. You know, and, and um, I mean, he loves me, but he's, he, his love for me is that he's kind of harsh and he does he does sort of harsh things to shape me up because he loves me. You know what I'm talking about? Can anybody relate to that? God loves me. He doesn't he does sort of grumpy, mean things. He's kind of harsh. But but he's but but that's God being good. It's weird. It doesn't make any sense. Like, if I'm like, Dave loves me. Oh, yeah, but he like, you know, like every time I go to sit down, he pulls the chair out from under me and I fall on the ground. And, you know, he's like, pops my tire on my car and, you know, to, to, to humble me and teach me to trust God. And, you know, I'm like, well, but he's so good to me. No, he's not. He's not being good to me at all. Like, he's, he's being mean. But he is. <laughs> but Dave you know, Dave does that kind of stuff all the time. No, not really. one of the nice people to meet. But, but we have these ideas about God. That generally, God, you're good. But, but, but practically in life, you deal with me in harsh, humbling ways. Because I'm a sinner and prideful and I need to be humbled. And, and I probably deserve that. And you're just good because you're tolerating me. And that's one of the reasons why we come into the presence. Now, I believe in tears. I love tears, right? But that's one of the reasons why growing up in church, when the presence of God showed up in a strong way, everybody cried like it was a sad day. Because literally it's the kind of tears. And there are moments like this. I'm not saying that there, there shouldn't be one. But when your general lifestyle is that when you come into the presence of God, you have tears because you're just happy he puts up with you. Thanks, God. I know you don't even like me, but you keep coming. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and it's. What if 
my kids came and they were like, thanks, Dad, I know. I know, you know. I come home and they're like, Dad. And they're just crying every time. I'm like, God, I love you. Come on. Like, let's have some fun. And, and, uh, and, and so one of the statements that really got me was, God's good. I'm good with that. God's good. God's good all the time. And, um, and, uh, and so, which is fun. But, but when they would say, God is in a good mood. Well, God's in a good mood. And I remember hearing that going, I want that to be true. But some inside of me can't quite swallow that pill. God's in a good mood. Okay, God's good. I, God's good. But he gets mad. He gets mad. So he's, he's not always in a good mood, is he? Oh, yeah, he is. And then as I begin to realize this about God, that do you realize that God actually is in a good mood? The joy of the Lord. God has joy. God's more joyful than you can imagine. You're like, yeah, but he gets mad about stuff. The thing is, is that God never gets overloaded. He never feels stretched. So we might have something on our minds, right, that's weighing on us. Think about this. God's never felt anything weigh on him. What am I going to do about that? God's never wondered that. He's never one time ever in all eternity had a situation that he even had to figure out. What am I going to do? And so we view God through our human humanity and we attribute to God attributes that either we ourselves have or our dad had or our uncle or our grandpa or our stepdad or our bus driver or whoever it was, the teacher that got irritated and threw a pencil, you know, because I couldn't figure out the math problem, you know, in ninth grade. You know, it's it's like. Get, whoever these authority figures are in our life, somehow we get these lenses and we put them towards God. But you know what the bummer about that is, is that God, their lives, God is good and he's in a good mood. But when we believe that he's not, we keep a distance from him. And, and the view of God that we have is the one that we reflect to everybody else. So if I think God's grumpy, I'm going to be a grumpy representative. If I, if I think God's not in a good mood, then I'm probably not going to be in a good mood. But it is so relieving to realize. And I remember it probably took me three years of hearing that statement. God's in a good mood. And I didn't have a criticizing my leaders were saying it. I didn't have a criticizing argumentative view towards it, but it wouldn't sink. Theologically, I didn't know. Is that true in the Bible? Is that true? And I realized, I call it the fruit test. It is theologically true, but I, I, I call it the fruit test. I'm like, you know, he believes God's in a good mood, and that's working better for him than what I think. And we come to think of it, this little space, overall, God is so good. But this little space right here that I'm experiencing, and I don't think God's pleased with me, that's actually called condemnation. 
And there is none of that for me. So I just felt like today, there's freedom. There's always more. You know, 2019, we're on a journey together. We're going after core values, kingdom core values together. And, and um, what God is speaking. God is really speaking to us about, about what he's doing in our midst here at Mountain Chapel. Sharon shared a dream with me this morning. It's such a God dream. And. And um, I've had several people, different people, coming to me with dreams that are that are words for us, and and um, we'll be putting those out there so that we can believe together for them. But I tell you, one of the dreams or one of the words that keeps coming is that it's about a fountain. There's been several words about a fountain, and um, and and the word is that that God wants to do something in our midst that many people will come. And, and drink of his goodness and drink of his glory and drink of his spirit and experience God and be changed. And I just felt like today that there was going to be freedom from wrong perceptions. I see God peeling lenses back and giving new perspective. Will you stand with me? Just put your hands out in front of you. Just however you begin to receive from the Lord. And you know what? If you want to, why don't you close your eyes? And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just. We just invite you, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you're already here. We recognize that, but we invite you to come and speak to us as individuals. Wow, there he is. So good. Well, I have this picture of, um, of, uh, I just have this picture that God is peeling something off of of hearts. Almost like a, a clear layer that's there. And I believe what the Lord is saying is that it's, it's actually insulating some of us from experiencing the depth of his love that he has for us. And so one of the things God's doing right now in this new year is he is taking us deeper into a revelation of his love for us and his goodness. I I had a friend who would say, and I've adopted it for myself, he says, God is always better than I think he is. So when I experience more of the goodness of God, and I go, whoa, he's better than I thought. Then he's still better than that. And no matter how good, no matter how big of a revelation you have of God's goodness, he's still going to be better than that. <laughs> so you cannot overestimate the goodness of God. 
And not just generically, but personally. That He is for you. That He is calling you closer and closer and closer. And that He's in a good mood. Like, I remember, like, I, I think I had this picture where God loves me, but He's he doesn't smile. He's kind of frowny. But I want you to see right now the Father. And you realize that He actually uses this word. He delights. Yeah. Delights in you. When He looks at you, His face lights up. It says that we are to God the fragrance of Christ. When, when, he, when he leans over and he sniffs your head, you smell like Jesus. Wow. He's like, that smells like one of my kids. My kids smell good. I love the way my kids smell. Yeah. Think about this. Everything about you, he delights in. Wow. And the parts that you're discouraged about, he's revealing himself to you. He's working on that. And so, right now, God, as we're closing, I just ask right now, Father, that you begin to reveal right now lenses or any lies that we have towards you. That's like a governor on your goodness in our life. That we think you would be holding back from us in any way. If God's showing you a lens, why don't you just, eyes are closed. So if God's showing you a lens, why don't you just put your hand up in the air when you see it. Okay, go ahead. Or when you see it. All right, I see some hands. So you, and so you, raise them high, raise them really high. You're, it's okay. It's good. All right, now here's what I'm going to do. Holy Spirit, what is the lie? That I'm believing in that area. Okay. Holy Spirit. How many, how many, how many he had, he revealed the lie to you? Raise your hand. It's powerful. Okay. And you're all in on this no matter what. Holy Spirit, what are you saying over me in this new year? I'm going to pray for you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus to know the goodness of God like never before. I receive it for myself. God, I just thank you for the goodness of God revealed personally to us in this new year. That God, we will be like Moses who went into the cloud. Not, not like the children of Israel who had a bad view of you and stayed away. But that we are friends of God, that we are sons and daughters of God, and we come to enjoy you.